Today's show is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 toward any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com slash biggest and using promo code biggest. Welcome to The Biggest Problem in the Universe, the show where we discuss every problem in the universe from polyevangelists to polynomials. <laughs> with over 4 million downloads, this is the only show where we discuss every problem in the universe. I'm Maddox, with me is Dick. Hey, what's up, buddy? And Sean, our audio engineer. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. Episode 70. All right. Yeah, we got we had we did a spicy one last episode. People liked our 69th episode, the erotic one. They did. Yeah, it was a real, uh, real sexy episode. I It moved. It moved for me. When oh, was, it moved? When I was listening back to that episode, it moved. You got a little chubster? A little, what? Uh, yeah. What got you going more? Was it the erotic story from a real man, or yeah. was it my erotic Burning Man adventure? Oh my gosh, definitely not that. Involving the tip. De- and definitely. just the tip. Oh boy. Um, no. What are the results? No, neither of those. Dick, the results from last week were... <laughs> polyevangelists. Huh. Number one, the number one problem from last episode was polyevangelists followed by no quality singles. I thought about that, uh, how the phrasing of that after after the show. And then the female orgasm. It was last? Dead last. Not only that, but it was downvoted, Dick. Not Wait, a problem at all. Polyevangelists? Polyevangelists was yeah. the number one problem. That's from a surprise, right? Yeah. yeah. You remember that problem? People yeah. who like promote their polyamorous lifestyle, Sean? Yes. Yeah. Now you remember. No. Apparently, I do. it's a big problem, though. Yeah. I got some comments regarding. I think I had a stroke right there. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm disappointed that the female orgasm got so low because it's it's so hard to conjure up. Well, for some people, Dick, not for uh, not for others. Okay. I, for... I know. I know it's fun to pretend to be like a macho Lothario. Yeah. But like, let's yeah. speaking. First of all. I call bullshit on that. You've okay. never been sitting in bed with some broad with goo all over your stomach. You're like, oh, baby, sorry. I can't. I'm sorry it didn't work out for you this time. I am legitimately sorry. Yeah, I told you that's happened two times to me, Dick. Two, Just two, two times. times. That's it. Two times. Two times. Yeah. Other than those two times, they've been popping off like fireworks, buddy. Like a string of fireworks. Rapid fire. Multiple. Well, I should, I should send all my sloppy seconds over here so they oh. can get some satisfaction. Oh, then. my gosh. They're only, actually, there have only been two women... Who who could outlast me? Which to, like you know it was to the point. <laughs> it was okay. To the, it was to the point. So that's a competition then for you. Yeah. S- sex. Oh yeah. Holding off the big O is a contest. Oh, it's great. Uh, you know I can. I, I'd like to tell you this story. Uh, one time. So a uh, real real sexy night. Real sexy moment. It was a, a a girl I'd been dating for a while, and uh, you know we're we're getting to that point. It's okay. uh it's coming right. We're, you, you know, mean the orgasm the or the or- sex is coming? The, the orgasm. Okay, the orgasm's coming. We're, the- we're, we're stuck in a sand <laughs> trap. Here. We're going to have to navigate this sand trap. <laughs> I feel like I'm in uh, the garden center at Home Depot and all the bags during flood season, all the bags of sand are falling all over me. No. <laughs> there, is a, there, is a, there is a lot of sand in this story, buddy, but it's tremors. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm the tremor. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, I I pull out just in the nick of time as I always do. Best and, time to do it. Yeah, <laughs> the nick of time is the yeah. best. And uh, it it all it all goes and lands com- directly and exactly into her belly button. Okay. And then <laughs> I look at her and she looks at me and she throws her hands up and we both go go. This was- <laughs> is this is a real thing that <laughs> happened. It's a real thing that happened. Yeah. You both thought you both thought simultaneously goal like oh, yeah. that fat Mexican it soccer. It was so announced. much fun. It was so <laughs> fucking funny, dude. We're you dating a place kicker. 
All right. That's bizarre. This comment comes from Connor Davis. Uh, to all the dipshits out there that are voting down female orgasms is a problem. I know that it wasn't framed this way by Dick. However, if this is such a non-problem, then why do people complain about it all the time? Why is there such a huge glut of stories in all mediums involving the delicate dance involved in making a girl come? Men not being able to make women come is a staple to female comedians all the way talking about how uh, taking a great dump is a staple to male comedians. It's beyond being a trope. And uh, that should indicate that this is a real problem, even if it needs to be rephrased. I think that's, I, I agree with this guy. I guess I got an upvote from him, but that's it. Yeah. yeah. And nobody ever fakes taking a dump. Yeah, no, that's true, Sean. That's true, Sean. Except that's actually, true. Actually, just a few times just to get out of a conversation or if I just wanted to check my Facebook. <laughs> I've done that a few times. Actually, that's the polite way to do it now. I've learned the new era of etiquette. So if you're okay. at a dinner restaurant, you know, if you're at a restaurant with dinner, with friends, the polite uh-huh. thing to do is excuse yourself, say, I need to use the restroom. Check your phone there. Don't do it at the table. That's what I've been doing a lot. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah it's a good idea. And, and then you don't look like a jerk. And also people feel a little bit of sympathy for you. They think, oh, he's got urinary tract infection or something. He's getting yeah. up to go to the bathroom a lot. That's but, true. A uh, little bit Munchausen's, a little bit manners. Yeah. I like it. But uh, the the whole the whole trope of uh, women not being able to come, et cetera, et cetera, it's a stereotype. It's also like men always want sex, and it's that's the, that's the other stereotype. This, uh, it's, this it's, but, it doesn't it doesn't really exist. It's not a real thing. It's a car, it's a caricature no, of genders. It's a real thing. Yeah. I brought in that study from Cosmo, the survey <laughs> of women. Oh, Cosmo of hey. Hey, yeah. you know, who knows women more than more than Cosmo? I actually wrote. I actually wrote for Cosmo. I retract everything yeah. I said. Go ahead. <laughs> what were you going to say? I just think it's a caricature of genders. I don't think that it's, I think it's a stereotype more than anything. I've never. Well, I, I can tell you from personal experience that they're not coming. Well, yeah, but <laughs> so uh, the, var- the, the variable, there's, the variable here is you, Dick. Oh, that's what Dr. Yeah. Phil said. All right. Uh, I got a comment from Matthew Ward. He says, you guys make fun of Angela's mom's shitty talking ability, but I just Googled Malacca, and according to Urban Dictionary, it's one of the funniest insults I've ever heard. So I looked it up, to be to be uh, precise, and uh, according to Urban Dictionary, a Malacca is a Greek term for someone who has jerked off so many times that his brain has become soft and he is now an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's how I feel every other day. Every day that I'm not hungover, that's how I feel. Like with a soft brain idiot? Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, squirted it all out. This one's from Benjamin Sloan, and I, th- I think he's got a good point here. Mattis, I think most of the words you brought up actually do have a purpose. Um, as they describe different ways of doing something, I'd like to compare this to the variety of words used in various subgenres of metal to describe different things, which I know you're a fan of. Yeah. Right? To someone who doesn't listen to metal, the distinction between death metal, power metal, black metal, and folk metal is basically meaningless. He forgot speed metal. And they wouldn't understand why one fan feels comfortable around folk metal and power metal, but does not even want to be associated with NSBM or death metal. Uh. But to a fan of folk and power metal, the former case is fun and rambunctious. And the latter is just generally hateful. How does he know this if he doesn't listen to metal? This guy. I'm I'm calling bullshit. This guy, fraud. Shenanigans. He He didn't even mention math metal. (laughs) <laughs> that's no, right. that's a good point, Sean. There's a lot. He's just or, saying that they're just terms. No, know? they're terms mm-hmm. to describe a hobby. No, right? I, I mean, yeah, but uh, it, look, they have they have unnecessary terms. Like in metal, generally, if you say you listen to metal, people get the idea, right? 
But uh, in the polyevangelist realm, in the uh-huh. you know, they have terms for things that you don't need, like a dyad. We don't need that. That's just a normal relationship. That's what, yeah, but and it's called normal because most people do it. But it's shorter than saying we're a normal relationship, but we're looking to expand. We're no, looking to franchise no, out. That's you, what they're saying. But you don't need to do that because unless unless you mention specifically that you're into polysex or in the, into the polynomial lifestyle, uh, polynomial lifestyle. Yeah, that's disgusting. what I'm going to start calling them. Yeah. Not poly. Yeah. Um, not poly, what do what they call Polyamorous. The polyamorous uh-huh. lifestyle. If you're into that lifestyle, we know. We'll hear about it within a few minutes. But yeah. if you're not, it's safe to assume that you're not. Most people aren't. Um, yeah. And by the way, by the way, I should also mention that um, last episode, the, Aaron and I, we met at, this, at that Tinder show that we talked about. And Some kind of weird polyamory event. No, right? it wasn't. It wasn't a polyamory event. It was just a show. But there, but uh, the guy who was hosting it was the was the polyvangelist, and he commented. Okay. He commented on the uh, the uh, the post for the last episode, and he's like, "Hey guys, I'm the polyvangelist they're all talking about." And, he, and then he linked to the website, which I thought was hilarious. But no. uh, so, if you guys are interested, if you guys are interested in the poly lifestyle, uh, check it out. Read the glossary. Maybe you guys will get off on it. I don't know. And I don't have a problem with it. I, it's just all the all the terms too much. Okay. Uh, I got one from Michael Stevens. Hey, Dick, I agree with you. This looks like 10,000% that polyamory is bullshit. A few years ago, I was in the third year of a relationship when my girlfriend decided to have a talk and uh, tell me that she had been reading a lot about polyamory and felt like she might be polyamorous. Oh, boy. So basically, she had read online that a lot of people out there have accepted that they are fucking cheaters and found a way to con their boyfriend or girlfriend into letting them do it. Isn't that what I was saying? No. Yeah, that's what you were saying. Introducing it into a relationship is a fucking con. No, it's not. It's honest. But Aaron was agreeing with me, too, that you can't introduce it into a relationship. She said that. She well, said that during the episode. Yeah, it's not. I, I agree with that. It's that's not uh, that's not how to successfully engage that. Like, if you start out in a relationship and you have those pretenses built in, where hey, uh, lady, or hey, guy, mm-hmm. I, this is who I am. This is what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. Then the, that expectation is there. But if you try to do that uh, bait and switch near the end of a relationship, actually, like I did, uh, like near the end of uh, one of my relationships, you, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. You uh, tried to do that? Yeah, we talked about it. I, I talked about having an open relationship one time with a girl I was dating for a long time, and it just didn't work. We just thought at the end of the day, what are we hanging on to? We both like each other as friends. Let's just call it a clean, a clean cut here, mm-hmm. a clean quit, and then let's go our separate ways, and that's what that's what happened. Okay, so you agree with that too then. You can't introduce it. It's hard to introduce, but it's, it's not hard. cheating. It's hard is different. Well, man. no, because I know I know couples where they have introduced it and they became swingers and they became you know these different oh, types boy. of uh, yeah. But it, it's possible, and also it's way better than the alternative, which is cheating. Cheating well, is chicken shit. Says you. Well, this guy says, and it's genius because if you're against it, then you're not understanding, and you and it's somehow uh, you look like the asshole in the situation, exactly as you described. I told her I thought it was bullshit. She was mad, but agreed to just go on with the way things were. Two months later, I found out she was cheating on him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Bummer. Yeah, yeah, that is a bummer. Watch out for it. Big fucking red flag, according to me. No, I, I think it's way better to have that conversation than to cheat and betray someone's right. trust. I got some voicemails. You got any more comments? No, that's it. I got some voicemails for you. Hey, guys. I've been listening to the show for a while, and I just caught up on some recent episodes, and I heard the episode with Robin Higgins and Aaron Tillman, and those are both some of the best ones you've ever done. So I want to make a plea for you guys to have more female guests on the show. Oh. I think it helps the show. And I'm going to tell you why using Sigmund Freud's structural model of the psyche. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, Dick is clearly the id. Clearly. Maddox 
is clearly an ego who thinks that he's the super ego, but never mind. How so dare when you have a female guest, the female <laughs> guest naturally occupies the super ego perspective of the debate. I don't know if this but is when a male you. guest, <laughs> not so much. So that's that's why I think you should have more. Yeah. You got to get the super ego perspective in there. Right. Right. Is that true? Do you know anything about those things he was talking about? I, you know, I, I understand basically what he was saying, but uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> the ba- you understood the basics. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I get it. You know, I had college, I had college psychology. Okay. But uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, Robin and Aaron were both great guests. Uh, Leah was was uh, I think the other female guest that we had on the show. Yeah. Uh, we have a bunch more lined up, guys. You'll just have to stay tuned and listen. I do like it when girls are on the show. Yeah. It feels different. Yeah. If you're using dental dam. Just put a shotgun in your mouth because your life is over <laughs> and meaningless. That's absolutely true. Aaron recommended a dental dam, right? What was that for again? To go down on someone? To go down on her for three hours to make her come. I think she was something joking. like that. She must have been joking. I, some people must use them. No, no one uses a dental you think a, dam. Do you think a professional dating advice coach jokes about something that's that serious? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to check her credentials, but I don't think she should be joking about that. That sounds pretty ridiculous. A medical professional. I mean, I just pictured, I just pictured a vagina poking through a dental dam, and I just, it looked, in my mind, it looks like Homer Simpson's mouth. <laughs> that is what it looks like. Like, what are you doing at that point? I just don't know, stop. Yeah. Stop. You're not you're enjoying, doing? you're not doing this right. Although, I guess if, if you're into the, uh, the black latex fetish, which, which is also on the glossary, no joke, it's, it's a black latex party, or it's called a black orgy. Sure. Where, where you're into black latex fetish. Uh, that's what you would do. You would wear the latex, and then you could uh, either cut a hole down down below, and they would, your genitals would poke out like Homer Simpson's lips. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds pretty hot. All right, last one. I'm still laughing at that fucking story that guy wrote in about losing his virginity. It was fucking awful. <laughs> I almost wonder if it's made up, but I don't know. I don't think it's made up. Uh, uh, it's a story, all right. You guys should definitely fucking follow up. Try mm-hmm. to find that guy, get a little more information. No. I don't think he'll be hard to find. No. You don't want to see if he got seconds? I don't. Th- James? First, well, I don't think you can uh, uh, ambush him because he needs some time to think of a, of a new story. No, I think yeah. that was a real story. No. You oh, don't it was think a real story. A, no, you don't think that really happened to no, him? No, no, okay, and here's Maddox, the there was no, like, he was, that was not a story of no. uh, r- wild success. That was a very normal story of no, an erotic wasn't. adventure from a real man. Nope, and I'll tell you why. Because, and somebody in the comments pointed this out, but the detail that we all kind of glossed over is 20 minutes of sensuous lovemaking later. 20 minutes and this guy's a virgin? Fuck off. How, how long did you here. last on your first time? First time, I think around 10 minutes. Oh, so that's not that far off, so he rounded it's up a double. little bit. It's oh, he more please, he rounded up a little bit. Well, oh, get out of here. 20 minutes and the E-cup and the Chinese lady and everything. And someone in the comments also commented that uh, they, they did a Google image search for E-cup. Uh-huh. And a few of the results were Asian, so he said it's plausible. Of course but, it's uh, plausible. No, I don't think so. First of all, the guy the guy's is uh, was racist. He sounds like a real cat. Racist. Yeah. Come on, yeah. racist. Someone he's in the comments making, he's making racial racially charged jokes. That's yeah. not racist. Well, okay, he's prejudiced. Oh, he's prejudiced. Please. Yeah. He's making racially charged jokes. That's that's okay. Well. We can do that. I got Persian racing rims. It's just a yeah, joke. Yeah. I don't know, man. Not racist they- and prejudiced. Well, Why? But he but he didn't prejudge she told him that her dad ate the damn dog. Yeah, yeah. that's not the that's he not the racist have said, part. You racist. No, <laughs> that's that's not the racist What's part. The, the racist, racist part, part was when he said that was the most Asian thing I've ever heard. Well, Wait, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
that one. Anyway, I, just, I don't think that's racist, really. You he's don't think it's racist to stereotype an entire he's race of people? That's acknowledging like literally racist. Acknowledging a stereotype. He's yeah. just saying it's it's not being racist to say yeah. that. It's a. Di- I, I commented uh, as a response to somebody. I said it's the difference between saying her black dad ate chicken and then saying her black dad ate chicken, which is the most black thing i've ever heard <laughs> that's a huge chasm of difference you see that you, you understand i mean if that's the most black thing you've ever heard then then you're an idiot y- you, yeah then you need to go you need to broaden your horizons a little bit and you're racist but that the guy that guy sound, did sound like at, at the very least an idiot now, racist maybe maybe not i don't know we don't have racist. enough evidence but so it was definitely sensitive to racism that, yeah no it was a definitely it was definitely a stereotype it was a prejudice stereotype i think because lots of there's lots of different cultures that eat cats and dogs and by the way that's cool. not very common so switzerland for example switzerland eats cats and dogs i am looking this up yeah, yeah. look that up go ahead look it up look it up right are, now there are multiple asian cultures that do eat uh dog yeah, but it's not very common. It's usually in the in the countrysides, like in the uh, um, countrysides of China. Sometimes it happens. The country then, of China? No, the countrysides of China. In, in like rural areas yeah, where they okay. don't have a high-speed internet or even internet. That's you like know? billions of people, though, right? No, it's, it's not billions of people, Dick. Millions? No. What are we talking? Mil- oh, 20? Worldwide? I, mean, actually looked, a, I actually looked up the statistic. No, I looked up the statistic. Worldwide, all cultures consume, they estimate around 25 million dogs. Worldwide. Wait, no, France eats a lot of horse. Yeah, Just France. It's France. So does, France. And so does yeah, John. So does Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, it, you know, the difference here is, is that chasm of thinking where it's like, oh, that's the most French thing I've ever heard. You know? I don't know. I think it's funny. Yeah. I think everybody's got to relax about racism, though. Okay. You want to go? You wanted to get into some problems? Let's get into the problems, Dick, because I got a spicy Oh, do we want to share Do you want to share this art oh, piece? Oh, right, yeah. Before we go on, Dick, thanks for reminding me, we have here a fan sent this in. It's a gift, and it's bittersweet because it's something Uh-oh. of my favorite movie, Mad Max. My, oh, you know, yeah, I wrote that. Yeah. I wrote that review, the best review of Mad Max in the, in the universe. Mm-hmm. I gave it 100 out of 5 stars. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah. He sent me the soundtrack to Mad Max. The soundtrack. And it has the coolest fucking awesome. cover. It has Immortan Joe on the cover. And his face is all red and he has oh, his that's teeth on. Oh, badass. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. I want to I want to hang this up. I want to oh man, I want this thing. I want a giant blow up of this. Except what's wrong with it? Except it's on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, it's on vinyl, which is really disappointing. Um Here's here's there's a note on here. He What's has his a name? Quote. First of all, oh, the guy who sent it. His name is Ben Clark. He says Ben Clark, genius. This, this he says this meta hipster conundrum will definitely be reviewed as a problem. Keep kicking ass, guys. Big fan of the show. And then he has a quote on here from I think the guy's name is Vili Valo. You know, does that sound familiar? Vili Valo. Vili Valo. No. He has a quote about vinyl. He says. Vinyl is symbolically and physically everlasting. Vinyl is a marriage, and an MP3 is a quick fuck in the night. Hmm. You don't feel like you're at a candlelit dinner when you listen to a digital format. But with vinyl, you want to open a bottle of red wine and get in the mood. They both serve purposes. They're both beautiful. For the people who really get into what you're doing, the artwork, the symbolism, the lifestyle, that's what vinyl is all about. It's fine dining and fast food. They both serve a purpose. Billy Valla. No, he's done. Uh, ben Clark. Is yeah. That his name. Ben he's Clark. done something very smart here because I want you to look. What What impressed you most about this when you got it? The cover. The cover. Yeah. And it looks fucking awesome. It does look and cool. it's a foot. By, it's one foot by one foot. Yeah. It's gigantic. It's in your face. It's slightly larger than your face, buddy. You could never do this with an MP3. Yeah. Okay. This is an experience. You want to you want to dig in here. Well, you want to be a more. I will agree. I know that. I will agree, Dick. That an MP3. Uh, is not a poster and can never be a poster. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I, I think if it came down to it, 
I could just replace this with a poster that costs way less. A poster? A poster. Then you gotta hang it on your wall, though. I don't have to do anything with it. I can throw it away if I want, but it's a poster. <laughs> and it costs right. just a couple bucks. Sean, Sean knows. Giggly over there. He totally disagrees <laughs> with you. you I know disagree, he does. Sean? I know he does. I'm just, I'm just laughing that you have such a strong opinion about yeah. it. Yeah. You yeah. can flip-flop. It's okay. You're not running for president. No, I, I'm not. Uh, I don't have it. Look, this vinyl gift was very nice. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. I'll never listen to it because I don't oh. even. I don't own a vinyl thing. What is it? A record player? That's what they're called. Yeah, phonograph. <laughs> I don't own a phonograph because I'm in the 21st century. You can scan it and use a computer software to make an MP3 out or of it. Can Does just that go excite to, you? I can go to YouTube and listen to the whole fucking thing and not All even right. be able to tell the difference. All right. I can I can even add a little crackly hiss noise if I want to. And, and it has more dynamic range on YouTube. But okay. They, yeah. Ben, you, you did it. Great idea, but sorry. <laughs> you were... Maddox is unstumpable. Unstumpable. You want to go first? Yeah, you want me to sure. Go first? I got a problem for you. Go ahead. Ham-fisted video game stories. Mm. Yeah. That's the one you're going with? <laughs> yeah. Ham-fisted, Ham-fisted video, game, video stories. game stories. As you may or may not know, I just released another video, and uh-huh. it's about video game stories, and, and I have caused an outrage on the internet. All these nerds, these video game nerds, have started uh, jumping down my throat. It has, as of this uh, this recording, it has about fifty percent downvotes on YouTube. Yeah, which, which I think has been my co- most controversial thing. And I remember, is that more downvotes than our live episodes? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, that's saying something. Well, I remember for years <laughs> when I went on my first book tour, people would always ask me. It was, it was their favorite question to ask at uh, uh-huh. at events. They said, "What was what's been the most controversial article you've ever written?" And to to date, up until then, it was an article I wrote about the Xbox, the original Xbox, and how much I hated it, and how big the controllers were, and how it was a garbage system. Uh-huh. I got more hate mail about that than anything else. And then, uh, and then when Christopher Reeve died, that that was a big bump because my article, my my website was uh, was the number two search result for Christopher Reeve on well, Google. Yeah, I got contacted by the lawyer. But other than those, but the, you those got two contacted things, by Christopher Le- Reeve's lawyer. Oh yeah, for what? Oh well, uh, this is a good story. He he want he contacted me. He said, "Hey, we want you to remove this uh, this article." What was the article? It was <laughs> I wrote an article a long time ago saying uh, Christopher Reeve is an asshole. Okay, and it showed it showed a picture of a of a horse kicking him off uh, Mortal Kombat style, style and it says fatality. Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, what possessed you to make such a horrible thing? It wasn't horrible because I the, it is it's the definitely thesis, horrible. No, no, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I thought he was an asshole is because the thesis of the article is this: Christopher Reeve started caring about paralysis only after he became paralyzed. Yeah, uh, and then he he started going on these like. Uh, big preachy weepy things and talking about how he's he's like this hero for every for pa- celebrity paralysis. does that yeah yeah well, every exactly, person Sean. does that right and so so let me get to this point he said he said that uh uh excuse me the thesis of the article was that we shouldn't wait until a celebrity gets an ailment before we start caring about it okay just like michael j fox and uh what does he have parkinson's yes. yeah parkinson's with michael j fox and paralysis with christopher reeve christopher uh-huh. reeve not only has given so much attention to the paralysis community. He's actually t- he took some away from other things that are that are affecting people like cancer and heart disease wow. and all these other things. We, he gave so much attention to paralysis, and I looked it up at the time. It was only like two hundred fifty thousand people in uh, in the world who were who had any kind of paralysis. It was like really low. It was a really low figure. Paralysis? Any kind of either partial or or full paralysis. Okay. Um, anyway, so I, that's the thesis of my argument. Uh, agree with it or don't? It's a controversial stance. 
don't agree with that. You don't. You don't think. You think that we should only care about diseases uh, and ailments once a celebrity gets no, it. No, I think that getting people to care about something and donate something to it, whether it's their time or their money, is a good thing because the default setting for people is to only consume. So if you have a story that can evoke some sympathy and get some dollars rolling in, then I think that's a good thing. I don't look at charity as uh, as like a a set finite amount of a pie that people are that that uh, scientists are clawing at for research dollars. It, there's an ebb and flow to it. So when something like something for uh, like when Parkinson's happens to Michael J. Fox, it's good that there's a boon of research and donations for Parkinson's. When something like this happens to Christopher Reeve, it's good that it happens because I think the um, what the the solutions that come out of it have a have a larger impact than just him. And just for okay. I'm sorry, Dick. Yeah. You are incorrect because there's actually a phenomenon called charity exhaustion, and I'm yeah. not sure if it's exhaustion is the word, but uh, they did find that people after donating to the Haiti earthquake, yeah. uh-huh. um, there was another there was another disaster that happened that that people needed, uh, and they find that after a big disaster, people become less willing to donate to other disasters even if they're even if they're more urgent even if they're bigger so the louder the speaker that you have for your cause it can hurt other causes that are that may need the charity more urgently well that's too bad no, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, but, it's, it's, but, say, but saying that is dismissive. You're not addressing bec- the problem. Because you're, the way you're defi- describing the problem is not real. It's no, like, it's like, totally real. Of course, there was a thing, charity exhaustion, a charity exhaustion, and if a lot of horrible events happen in a row, people are going to get tired of giving. But yeah. that's not always the norm. That is the norm. That's literally what the study said. When, when there's a huge event, like, for example, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge there you raised go. a lot of money mm-hmm. for that charity. Great. And uh, it, it raised a lot of awareness for this disease, but it, it affects relatively few people. If we had that kind of uh, that engine working towards something that really affects people on a larger scale, like heart disease or cancer uh-huh. or, you know, some of these other heinous diseases that we're, we're all suffering from, uh, I think that would be much better use of that time. But also, also Dick, it, you're glossing the argument that I'm making here is should we only care about diseases once a celebrity gets it? That's the thesis, right? So I wrote this article and the, the lawyer contacted me and he said that he wants me to take it down. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, be, oh, because after... Sorry, this thesis was presented to the public as Christopher Reeve getting Mortal Kombat kicked by a horse. No, no, right? that, that's a that's a tongue in cheek image I threw on there yeah, just for okay. fun. Like whatever, you know. Go ahead. Uh, so people sent me all this hate mail right when he died, and they said, "Hey, man, it's really inappropriate that you have this article up because he just died." I thought, well, it was up before he died. Uh, why, was it inappropriate then? Uh, why is it inappropriate no. now that he's died? So then I, I thought about it, and I thought, you know what? Maybe these people have a point. It is inappropriate. So I changed the title of the article from "Christopher Eve is an asshole" to "Christopher Eve was an oh, asshole." Good. <laughs> <laughs> And then I doubled down. I got so oh, much hate God. mail. So this lawyer says, hey, man, remove the, the website. And I wrote back to him and I said, look, all over the internet, I sent him a bunch of links to people debating the merits of my article. Some uh-huh. people were agreeing with me. Some people were disagreeing with me. They had a debate very similar to the one we just had. And I said, regardless of whether or not you agree with my article, it's spurring an important debate in this country about, <laughs> about disease and whether or not we should pay attention to it only if celebrities give attention to it. Okay. I think it's an important message, and by taking it down, you would be quelling my free speech and my expression. And he wrote back, and and uh, I, I he wrote back, and he said, Maddox, we disagree with your methods, but we agree with your with your mission and your your message. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as a, as a good guy, I volunteered to do this. I said, if anyone comes to that website from Google, 
I'll redirect the page to a landing page. It says, if you're looking for the Christopher Reeve Foundation, you've come to the wrong place. Go here. Otherwise, proceed at your own caution. So Generous of you. Yeah. I didn't have to, but I offered. And they said they yeah. were fine with that. They, they backed down. So your biggest problem in the universe is now ham-fisted video game stories. <laughs> ham-fisted video game stories. Uh-huh. The second most controversial uh, <sighs> piece. Of, what was your, What is this thing piece about? The X- so this one was about stories in video games and how much I hate them. I hate stories in video games mo- most of the time. Do you get, do you hear a lot of stories about video games? No, no, stories in video games. Oh, in video games. Yeah. Okay. So you have a game you're playing. Uh-huh. Like for example, Dick, what if uh, you're watching your football, your 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 precious football game, and okay. and during during the football uh, during the football game, all of a sudden some announcer comes in and starts telling you a narrative. Yeah, they they're great. That's, no, 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 no. That's what Vince Scully does. No, it's not. It's not about you're, you're learning about uh, you know. Um, uh, a distant village uh-huh. somewhere, and uh, and and then they need some help because some dragons attacking them, and there's nothing. This you is can happening really in do. a football game. Yeah, how would you like that? Well, I don't know about the I don't know about the dragons. No. I'd be kind of weirded out. Yeah, I would think I was too drunk. Well, you're and saying, that it wasn't happening. You're saying it takes you out of the action. It takes the, you out of the action. The cool Sean. part about a video game. Yeah, yeah. There's a Call of Duty game. I know uh, what you're trying to say, but football announcers is a bad idea because I would like to, if they did that more, if yeah, they gave foot, some context to the game. But, but football announcers are commenting on the game as it's going on. There's and it's a, it's horrible when they do that. Well, like, they're just saying what I see. Like, that's a bad announcer to me. Chuck well, g- guffawing at themselves and saying, oh, what a pass. Oh, he, he might have dropped that pass, but he didn't. Yeah, but Dick, there are good announcers and bad announcers. A good announcer. Of oh, and by the way, they do that not for the benefit of the viewer who's watching TV, but for the benefit of the radio listener. It's false. They have different radio announcers. Go well, ahead. Sometimes. So NBC has their own broadcast, too. NBC broadcasts on radio as well. What's the, what's so, the story? So the story, the story element in a video game, when it's done right, is like a game like Portal 2. Have you ever played Portal 2? I love that game. Portal 2 is a great game. Yeah. They tell the story during the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fluid, it's continuous. It doesn't stop the action. You don't have to sit there and watch some fucking uh cutscene. But when it doesn't work is in Call of Duty. Call of Duty, I think Advanced Warfare is the game. It has this ridiculous scene where right after the first like 5-10 minutes of the game, mm-hmm. your main character dies or one of the main characters dies and you're at a funeral. And you're stuck in this funeral scene, this procession, whatever, and, and there's there's a coffin, yeah. and you're just walking around looking at people's faces. Yeah. Not you can't do anything. And before you leave the area, you have to go up to the to the casket, and then you have to press F to pay your respects. Yeah, you literally have to press the F key. Press X to never forget. Yeah, <laughs> got it. <laughs> So what they've done is they've come full circle. Now they're ham-fisting gameplay into a fucking story. Yeah. I don't need this. I don't feel anything by pressing a button to to pay respects. It's so fucking robotic. I don't feel sympathy. I don't feel empathy. I don't feel mourning. I don't feel anything for this character. I just feel annoyed that before I have to now I have to get up off the the couch and press a button on my on my keyboard because I sat down for another ten minutes for however long this fucking cutscene is because it never fucking ends with these cutscenes. So I have to get up and. I have to press a key now to, to continue this bullshit-ass story that I don't want to watch in the first place? It's absurd. Well, they're not games anymore. I don't think anybody makes games anymore at that level. They just make shitty movies with shitty stories that are shittily voice acted and with shittier graphics that you just press buttons through. Yeah, that's There's no w- sense of peril or accomplishment. Right. Like, I, think, I don't know if that's why I got out of playing video games or if I just got too old for it. Well, so you don't play games now, right? 
Not really. Why? Why? Why not? Like, what are you just? I got life to live, man. Like, if I'm blowing time in a video game, I'd rather be writing something or talking to broads or playing an inst- playing a guitar or something. I'd rather be doing any spending time with my nephew. I would rather be doing literally anything else than playing a fucking video game at this point in my life. Okay. All right. Not a game. What do you? What are you laughing? No, that's, laughing that's at fair. that. Like, just, I don't feel anything from it. I don't feel any kind of reward anymore. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Video games aren't for everyone. Um, uh, and that's also a mistake. Video games are awesome. <laughs> Video games Video are games awesome. Are awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're really cool. They're yeah. really cool. They're, they're a lot of fun, Dick. But uh, uh, you know that that's fair. So so the story element doesn't really factor into it. I think it factors into it for me because there's certain games I won't play anymore. I have this new rule where if it takes more than ten minutes for me from the time I turn on the power button to start having a meaningful gameplay experience in the game, uh-huh. I turn it off uninstall it, and do something else. Oh, yeah. That's my fucking rule in the sand. In fact, I'm going to start a website where I'm going to start recording. I'm going to have a, a submissions available. That's a I'm, fucking great idea yeah, what you're about it's, to say. It's, it's going to be the uh, power to start time, mm-hmm. right? So I want people to record the amount of time it takes from the time they hit the power button to when they can actually start the game. And the worst experience I've ever had to, to date is SSX Tricky, I think. It's a snowboarding game on they PlayStation 3. They put a story in a snowboarding game? No, it wasn't even the story. It's just the start time. takes so. Actually, yeah, there is a story. There's this story <laughs> mode in this fucking game. You, right. you have characters. I, I don't give yeah. a shit about my snowboard, my virtual snowboarder. I don't care. <laughs> There's nothing going on in this fucking snowboarding game I could give a shit about. I don't give a fuck about anything happening in this game. I just want to press a button and do a twirl. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Let me do backflips. Let me go down a hill. That's all I care about. So this game is, is by EA, and in order to sign up for in order to start the game, you have to download an update. I think it was 8 gigs. You had to do- download a huge update. It's a big update. You have, to agree, you have to agree to three different terms of service agreements. Well, you know, a lot of likenesses <laughs> in this game. A lot of fun. A lot of different tricks oh. you got to agree oh, to. Oh, sure. You have to sign up. You have to is, provide your email address to sign into EA Origins. Otherwise, you can't even get, ac- get access to all the content in the yeah. game. All said, from start to finish, from power to start... <laughs> No joke, one hour and from 20 power, minutes. From power to game. Uh-huh, from power to game, one hour and 20 minutes. I timed it. I looked at the screen. I have screenshots. I have pictures. I'm like, this is absurd. I've never had a... Like, imagine if you were going to watch a movie. You invite your girlfriend over. You invite a, a, a broad over, as you would say, Dick. Yeah. And you're going to watch a movie. Hey, baby, come over. Let's watch some Netflix. It'll take an hour and 20 minutes to warm up. But, boy, we're going to have some fun once it loads. Oh, it's a mood killer. Well, that's what Disney movies are. They're just like 12 minutes of commercials before the actual movie starts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're awful. Yeah. They're absolutely uh, terrible. I think, I think what you're proposing is brilliant because the ratings that they use for video games anymore don't even matter. Like, they're all fake. They're all, the they're all horse shit. Yeah, like, oh, this is a 9.9. This is a 9.8. It's like, yeah, because this was the game they were hyping. Like, you... You, the journalists for those games are all whores. They just want free game. I think. No. I don't think there's a single genuine review in the whole lot. Because uh. I play those games and they're dog shit. <laughs> and I know what is a good video game. But this, <laughs> what you're talking about is an actual metric that they can't lie about. Yeah. I see that. I see an hour, 20 minutes. I say, I got to spend an hour and 20 minutes of my life uh, watching something that... Like some dog shit comedian wrote for $150? I don't think so. I'm out. Yeah. I have a friend who wrote this script for a video game. It's a very popular game. I won't say which one because I don't want to uh, to you know give him up or whatever. But he said he he wrote the po- it was it was a sandbox style game like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, and he said that it was the most work he'd ever done in his life for such little pay. And they're all bad. 
Is uh, there good besides Portal Two? Is there any good writing in video games? Well, sure, I don't yeah, think no, so. sure there is. There's there's actually there's a, there's a, some really good spot on writing and stories in video games, and they're usually called role playing games. I don't know why every single game has ham fisted this element from role playing games into every other game. Even even the game Tetris, Dick. Do you know? Do you know they 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 added a story to Tetris? What's the story? It's it's Tetris Worlds on PlayStation Two, I believe. I have this game. It's one of the worst games I've ever played. Here, mm. listen to this. This is that. This is actually from the game's intro where they're setting up the story. Listen, to this. <laughs> how much prep work you have oh. for this fucking problem? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm furious. Listen to this. Fellow citizens, <laughs> oh God, we are facing the ultimate crisis. Oh. Of the 50 billion stars in our galaxy, oh my God. less than one million have planets that could support life as okay. we know it. We must find a new home. <laughs> they, they have to evacuate their planet because their sun's about to get destroyed. And, then, and the way they have to do it is to uh, uh, play Tetris. Cre- yeah, play Tetris, basically. Somebody wrote that. Somebody yeah. got paid to write that. Oh, yeah. That's embarrassing. Hopefully not much. Hopefully less than minimum wage. Yeah. Fuck that. Then I got all these angry comments. They, they, they just pile. This is in. your latest video? Yeah. You're talking, this is what happened? Yeah. Right. This guy uh, commented on my Facebook page. His name is Kevin Mann. He says, Maddox just had ADHD or is autistic, which is why he... <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the sensitive right, shit. Yeah. yeah. Good start. Yeah. Which is why he can't appreciate a good story in games. Also, suggesting games don't have good stories. You think Witcher 3, Deus Ex, Bloodborne, or Dragon Age don't have good stories? Gaming is another medium of entertainment, like books and movies. Go read a book if that is the only way you want a story told, but gaming offers a superior experience since it lets you be a participant rather than a spectator. Fuck you, Mad Cox. Also, your hairline has gotten even worse, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that happens. That's, somebody said I look like a balding Aaron Paul. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. He'll look like this, too, when he's my age. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, this, this, this shithead. So he, he specifically in the, in the video, I mentioned that RPGs are not a problem that I have with. Right? Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't have a problem, problem with RPGs because that's what the game is. They are story-driven games. Then he lists RPGs as games that have good stories. Witcher 3, which, by the way, shit. Witcher 3 is a piece of shit. Deus Ex. I bought Deus Ex and I couldn't even muster up the, the, the energy and strength to open it because I just didn't want to go through all the dialogue. It's actually sitting on my shelf sealed well, remember right when now. You could, have this, you could skip it? Remember when you yeah. could just skip the dialogue? You can't anymore. You no. gotta watch your stupid guy trudge around through some terrain. Can you imagine putting in a DVD that you just bought or a Blu-ray that you just bought and then not being able to turn it off or skip it when you want? Mm. Skipping poor, to the next chapter if these, you want? These poor kids. They it's don't awful. know what video games are. Yeah, um, and then and then it just goes on. Not to mention, three out of the four games you listed are not uh, telling compelling stories. Blah blah blah. It, this huge thread goes on. Everyone's just really angry right now. Just a bunch of fucking idiots. I just want to read this. Uh, I'm going over my time here. I just yeah, wanna, I you just, are <laughs> on a on a problem that is too much stories in video games. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. But uh, uh, <laughs> well, we did the whole Christopher Reeve rant. But here, I just want to end on this note. You know, Dick, the top best-selling games of all time are not games that have stories in them. Because games purely, at their core, at their essence, need to have good gameplay, and they need to be compelling to play. No one gives a shit about the story the second time through. No one sits and and watches the story the second time through. It annoys you. It annoys me. I don't want to see it. Generally, right? Um, No, well, you're making an interesting point, because there's always that argument of whether or not video games are art, and I'll watch a movie a hundred times, you know, I've watched Dread 
the Dread remake yeah. uh, probably once a week. Huh. It, but I've never played a video game more than once for the story. Well, did you see The Avengers 2, Age of Ultron? Yes, I hated it. Hated it? Mm-hmm. You know what the budget for that movie was? Like a uh, north of a north billion, of a hundred million, yeah, about it was about that, yeah, north of north of eighty million, hundred and ten million around uh, that area, yeah, that's bigger than most budgets for video games. So think about it; they're spending hundred ten million dollars to make a movie as good as they can possibly make. They yeah. have a list actors in it. Robert Downey Jr. is in it, right? Yeah. Um, they have A-list actors in it. They have A-list ri- screenwriting talent. They have yeah. A-list directors. They have all the talent in the world. They have uh, 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 ILM or DreamWorks doing the special effects, like whoever is doing the special sure. effects. They have the best of the best making this movie, and they still failed. Yeah. What hope does a video game developer have oh, to make none. a good— Yeah, none. Because they're first of all, they have to do with the game, and for, it's hard enough to make a good game. Don't try to cram a good movie into it too. We don't need that. I think. Well, I think there's a component of story building in the video game, like Portal Two. You were part of. This, you felt like you were developing the story as you went, like Zelda, the original Legend of Zelda game. Yeah. You felt like you were building the story, even though there was almost no story. You felt like you were building it as you went. Well, Zelda- I think they don't understand that. Like they try to put on this movie with like Gears of War and. Call of Duty, and it just turns into like a dog shit, yeah, second rate version of a movie they saw once, right? Like the game games like Zelda, the original Zelda, um, and actually most most Zelda games and games like Bloodborne and Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, they have the right amount of story. It's just a little bit of framework, a little bit of scaffolding to mm-hmm. say, oh, you know, even Contra, the original Contra had a little bit of a story, a scaffolding to say, this is what you're supposed to do, dickhead. Just go over here and do this thing. It's a sentence. I don't need a whole fuck. I can yeah. summarize the entire uh, most stories in video games in a sentence. But I just want to end on this note. Um, here are the top ten. You know what the number one best selling game of all time what is? What are they? What are the top ten? Number one is Ted. Tetris. Okay. Right. Doesn't need a fucking story. No don't story. don't add one. Number two is Wii Sports. Number three is Minecraft. None of these have stories in them. Yeah. Number four does have a story, but I've never I've never played it. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Then Super Mario Brothers, Mario Kart Wii. No stories there. Again, and then Tetris again. Tetris on Game Boy separately. Hmm. And then uh, you know we won't even count that. I'll say Wii Sports Resort on Wii. No story there. And then uh, new Super Mario Brothers. Hmm. Yeah. That's a fun game. Yeah. Those Better are the top. live beach volleyball is not on there? <laughs> no, surprisingly. That's just, that is surprising. Yeah. I'm always off with what I think is going to be popular. Anyway, Dick, that's my problem. All right. Hey, speaking of being put to sleep by shitty video game stories, this episode <laughs> is brought to you by Casper. Give $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash biggest and using promo code biggest. How do you like your Casper mattress? I love it, Dick. I I legitimately love this mattress. Do you I'm, really? I'm a bit, I, I found myself evangelizing this mattress. Out, talk about uh, annoying evangelists. Now I'm a Casper evangelist. I Outside this show... I have evangelized this mattress to my friends, to my family, and several of them have bought it, they, and they like it a lot, too. They do? Oh, man. I, I, it's the most restful sleep. This guy, buddy. John Anthony, says, my new Casper mattress is so good that I slept right through my work shift this morning. <laughs> I blame the terrorists. Happy 9-11, guys. <laughs> <laughs> What every, what every sponsor wants is an idol yeah. reference in their, in their ad. I read that comment, too. That, no, for real, though, I sleep through my phone ringing. I sleep through alarms. It might be a problem. Uh, maybe I need to turn up my alarms. They're all metal. 
Oh, your alarms are metal? Yeah. What song, what song do you play on your alarm? I play the Dallas Stars fight song. The Dallas Stars hockey team fight song is fucking <laughs> awesome. Everyone listen to it. Everyone look it up right now. Dude, hockey music is awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, if, if you go to a, a game live, the only games worth going live to that have good music are hockey games. Oh, and my And they're gosh. all awesome. Right, well, Sean? Would you agree with that? Yeah. The whole hockey experience live is completely different than on TV. Oh, yeah. It's There's badass. no better live sport. This one's by Pantera. Pantera did the... the the, uh, the Dallas Stars fight theme, and it's so fucking cool. I listen to it every morning. You know how people say, don't set your favorite song to be your alarm because you'll hate it? Why would I, they, I really? love it. Oh, yeah, I love it. Oh, stupid. Life yeah. hack. This one's from Anthony <laughs> Lopez. Hey, Dick, love the show, man. You guys are fucking awesome. I recently moved from California to Washington. I had let it go of my bed. Um, I was like, well, I don't want to fucking deal with the whole mattress shopping, so why not get a tits mattress in a box delivered? Absolutely right. Yeah. If you're moving, just ditch the, ditch the mattress and get a Casper Smart. one. Smart. I went to the Casper site and didn't see an apparent field for a promo. Point me in the right direction. Absolutely. It's Casper.com slash biggest. You'll know if you're there because they spelled the name of our show wrong. Did they really? What yes. Is, how does, how's it spelled? So if you're there, if you're looking at a page that has the correct name of the show, you're at the wrong spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, they said uh, it says the biggest problems in the universe, or something oh. like that. It's a simple, simple grammatical mistakes. We all make them all the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, use promo code biggest. There you go. Yeah, we'll link to it on our website. Thanks for supporting the show, guys. Sleep well. Uh, I don't know if my problem is as big as yours. <laughs> Terrorism. <laughs> no. Uh, it was just September 11th, you guys. Yeah. Did you know? Are you aware of yeah, that? It was. Did you remember to never forget? Sean, I'm looking at you. I did remember to never forget. Good. Maddox? Yeah. yeah I, did you I, do some Osama Bin Laden death shit? I bought... No, no. That's on Osama Bin Laden death day, which I believe is May 2nd. Oh. That's when I celebrate Osama Bin Laden death day. 9-11 is a day of remembrance. Okay. I'm not going to be flipping about this because it's a big issue. A growing issue worldwide. Terrorism has caused around uh, 130,000 fatalities between 2006 and 2013. That's a lot of fatalities. 90,000 total terrorist attacks in this time period. Since, uh, since, since when? What year? 2006 and 2013. 2006, 90, 2013. 90,000, man. 90, that is a shitload. And how many deaths did that result in? 130,000. What is that? That's like a hurricane. 000. What was that big, uh, what was the, tsunami. the Hades? Yeah, what was the tsunami? Wasn't it around the, the hundreds Thai, of thousands? Yeah, the Thai tsunami. The tsunami that hit Southeast Asia in You're wincing, Sean, like you think it's a lot more. What no, do you no, think no, it is? I, I thought it was like in the 70,000 range. Okay, close. No, it was, was a magnitude. It was, it was, it was over 100. Yeah, it was okay. over 100. It was a lot. In the past year, the country with the most terrorist attacks, obviously Iraq, followed by Pakistan and Afghanistan. Uh, altogether, the number of terrorist attacks in these countries amounted to around 7,000 attacks. That's a shitload, man. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm bringing it in. It's weird to bring in because according to the numbers, it's not an American problem, right? Like you're more, you're more likely to be killed. In America, you're dying because you're fat. That's it. That's the only, you're dying because the, uh, the garbage shelving system that you bought on QVC falls on your head while you're taking a three-hour shit. That's why you die in America, right? Yeah. Coronary heart disease. You're not dying from a terrorist attack. Usually not. So I'm reading these fatalities, and they're huge. Yeah. But to us, it's not, it's not a big deal, but it is. Because it, all it is to us is the fear, right? That's all terrorism is to us, is, is the fear of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? Yeah. Because no, it's agree. not a real threat. It's not a real threat to us. It's not. Even despite what every politician implicates, they never say it. 
They always implicate yeah. that it's a threat, yeah. right? Not a threat. Not a threat. But we're all we're all afraid. We're all terrified of it. So huge success for them because we're all terrified of it. Yeah, we say? we are terrified to a point of uh, of annoyance where we have started to mobilize ourselves against terrorism. Let me tell you how. Yeah. Drones. Yeah. Terrorism. Militarized police. Terrorism. Mass surveillance. The TSA. Um, your Oculus Rift shit? Yeah. One fucking terrorist. It's goodbye. One data center goes. Goodbye, Maddox. What are you talking about? Right? That's how the Oculus Rift works. No, man. My, reality. I'm going to be in the cloud, buddy. You can't get rid of me. No, it's, here's, the, here's the problem with it, honestly, is we're going to be at war forever. We're at, we're constantly at war. We're just constantly at war now because of fucking terrorism. Yeah, but what, I, I, I mean, terrorism is the problem, but also isn't it the initiative of the politicians who got us into that war? Like, What do you mean? Well, specifically Bush. Right oh, after 9-11. No, yeah. let's talk about this. Okay. Right after 9-11, Bush called for a global war on terror. Sure. Or, or the war on terror, twat, yeah, yeah, twat yeah, yeah. for short. So he had this uh, this twat initiative, mm-hmm. right? The, the war on terror. And... Um, any time, just like any other war on an ism yep. or an ideology, stupid. It never ends. It can never end because that ideology never can end. And also, when you attack your enemies, right? Unless you have laser precision, which we don't. When, unless you have laser precision, it creates collateral damage. It creates collateral deaths. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason the terrorists attacked us on nine eleven uh, isn't for the reason that Bush said, which is because they hate our freedoms. I looked it up. After Bush said that speech, I thought, well, that's kind of confusing. Because even on 9-11, I wasn't a, B- yeah. a Bush fan, but even on 9-11, I thought, this is our president. This is our leader. This is my country. We're in a time of grieving and suffering. Mm-hmm. This is really shitty and tragic. But still, that doesn't really sound true to me, that they would attack us just because they don't like our freedom. What, jealousy is the reason they're attacking us? Then I looked it up, and I found Osama bin Laden's manifesto. And he said he's attacking us because he said that we brought down uh, roofs over Palestinian children and we, uh, because of our occupation in Israel and Palestine and Saudi Arabia, they they don't like that we have military bases in Saudi Arabia, which he considers their holiest country. Yeah, he they, he doesn't like our interference with um with the Muslim state. Yeah, right. I mean, with his with his version of it. Well, yeah, and it's also it's also retribution for uh because we we funded the Mujahideen and then left yeah. them to to uh, fight. The Russians in Afghanistan a long time ago, yada, yada. It's a lot of ancient history, but that's what happened. That's what led up to the 9-11 attack. And so when you when you respond to them with more war that creates more collateral damage, then the cousin of somebody who got killed suddenly has a beef with you. Yeah, see, I know I know what you're saying. And I understand, like, the, um, the collateral damage of it. But then I found this. But then the, what's the other solution, right? Like, what's the other fix? I'll tell do you. Do nothing. <laughs> what? What do you? What is it? What I, is it? I actually, Buy them off. I'm fine with well, that. Just yeah. go go over there and start handing out hundred dollar Starbucks cards. And they Dick, say, "Where's the Starbucks?" Like, well, you guys got to fucking build one. Yeah, I don't Dick, know. You got to work together on something here. Dick, I came up with a solution for this a long time ago that we still haven't implemented. Um, rather than dropping bombs on their heads, let's drop bags of money. Yeah, no, instant I've, instant reparations, Dick. Because you, you drop a bag of money, kill somebody, yeah. and then the, and then their cousin or whoever, you know, they're pissed off. They're and like, oh well, there's a bag of money. They're like, oh, that guy was kind of a dick. Fuck him. <laughs> kind of a dick. I got all this money. I got all this money. Because here's the thing, man. The cost of each like one of those uh, missiles we're shooting into uh, into caves and on the, the hillside, and, and the operation mm-hmm. is in the trillions of dollars. If we had just gone into these countries and say, hey guys, here are a bunch of Starbucks and a bunch of uh, shiny buildings for you. Yeah, uh, here's enjoy. a bunch of jeans. You heard you guys like Levi's? Yeah. Whatever you go. 
I mean, I think that sugar goes a lot, a lot further than vinegar. In this well, case. so here's okay. Here's what I found because I saw. Let me, let me, let me stay on track here. So there's the war. The war, by the way, cost us about two trillion dollars so far. You know yeah. what NASA's budget is every year? Hmm. Twenty billion. Yeah. So what? What is that? A hundred years of NASA. Yeah. All more than more than NASA has been around. Yeah. More budget. That's like twenty. That. That's twenty percent of our national debt, isn't it? I don't know. Uh. Price to end hunger worldwide is thirty billion a year. Yeah, and terrorism is preventing that. Basically, I mean, basically, a lot of stupid decisions are causing this, but the root cause is still terrorism. Yeah. Well, so who's opposed to that solution, Dick? What's that? If let's say that you were trying to build political will amongst the populace to say, "Look, guys, we can solve world hunger." For a fraction of the cost of this war on terror, we can actually feed every single person in the world, and we can end certain diseases, and we can we can end homelessness, and all mm-hmm. these all these great things. We can fund NASA. Yeah. How do you then build the political capital? Who's going to be opposed to that? What do you mean? I, I imagine everyone. Hmm. Why? Why? Because you can't get incensed about hunger. Like it's always been that way. It's easy to ignore. But it's hmm. not easy to ignore people getting blown up. You don't think and that's that, how people work. That's why Christopher Reeve getting paralyzed motivated people to to give. That's because that's how people are. There's a tragedy and they respond to it. Yeah, this is actually a cognitive bias that I'm talking about in uh, in another video that I'm making along, down the line about gun control. But it's it's called the probability neglect, and it's a cognitive bias by this researcher named Sun. Uh, I forget which university that he's from, but basically things that are in our in our near sight, in our ideas, in our yeah. ideas, in our idea space, seem much yeah. more urgent than problems that we actually need to focus on. Uh, actually, there's a book by uh, the, the well, professor. Well, but that, that last part I take I take uh, issue with what? that you need to focus on. Well, sure, because it's, in in your life, video game stories in video games have a bigger impact than terrorism. I mean, you could make that argument because that's right in front of you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I'm anyway. not saying I'm not saying that I am uh, not fallible to this cognitive bias. We all are. We're humans. Uh, we all we all pr- basically respond the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I am infallible, but that's a different story. That's a different episode. But uh, um, this this researcher Kahneman, uh, I think, is his name. He wrote this book called Fast and Slow Thinking, where he specifically talks about this. He says it's a cognitive bias that makes us feel like the things that that we're hearing about are more important than they are. That's why we focus so much on celebrity news and and in fact terrorism, which isn't as nearly as big of a problem as no. children drowning. No, the number of children who drown every year is around what thirty thousand or th- uh, uh, what? What is it? Sean? It's a shitload. More it's people die in car crashes yeah. than anything every else. year. More people die from the flu. Yeah. In the 33,000 people die per year from the flu. So since 2006, Dick, that's what, 11 years? Mm-hmm. And in 11 years, we've had 90,000 terrorist attacks and, and 130,000 casualties. That's way mm-hmm. less than the flu. No, it was 2006 to 2013, so that's seven years. Oh, yeah. seven years. Okay. So even so, okay, uh, th- still, that's 33,000 per year. Mm-hmm. 33,000 times seven, that's 210,000, right? Yeah. That's 130,000 versus 210,000. Flu is a way bigger problem. Why aren't we using this money to solve the flu? Well, like, you, see, it's, you can't just stack up death counts. Like that's not how. I, that's also not how it works. Well, it's I know not that's just not bigger because it's uh, more people died from it. Yeah, I mean that's how it or should work. Or else death would be a big problem. It is. And we saw what happened there, well, didn't we? Bunch of idiots. Yeah. So, so this one guy. Yeah. Well, no. I well, don't I was. You, you mentioned. You know, 
the collateral damage and not just killing him. However, then I found this RAND study that says all terrorist groups eventually end, they say, but how do they end? The evidence since 1968 indicates that they end because either they joined the political process, 43% ended that way, or two local police and intelligence agencies arrested or killed key members, 40%. What is that? That says pretty effective strategy to arrest and kill key members, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what that number says to me. Right. Well, we killed half of them. What happened to the other half? They stopped doing terrorist things. Okay, it sounds like killing them solved 100% then. Like, I, that's what the numbers say. Not, not that I'm on board with that, but it seems pretty fucking effective. Yeah, I don't think so, Dick, because we we essentially wiped out the the leadership of the Taliban, mm-hmm. uh, and we wiped out the leadership of Al Qaeda. Yeah. We pretty much send Al Qaeda packing. Like, there's nobody left for the the heads of Al Qaeda. They're kind of a scattered. There are a bunch of scattered cells in Somalia and uh, in Yemen and Jordan. There's a, there's a bunch of cells, right? Yeah. But then this these. The resentment is still there. And you if you take away Al-Qaeda by name and you take away the Taliban by name, yeah. guess what? Then you get the ISIS. Rem- then you get ISIS. Yeah. You get another fucking shithead. And that's exactly what Dick Cheney, the biggest okay. snake, uh, the, 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 the snakiest, weaselly politician it, it, probably in the last decade. I mean, you know, since terrorism Nixon, existed before those well, guys, hold right? On, hold on, like- hold on. But it, it, Dick Cheney came out with, a, with this, uh, this uh, video and during an interview in, I think, 1996. And he said it would be suicide to go into Iraq. It would be it would be insane to go into Iraq because if we took took out Saddam Hussein, mm-hmm. Saddam Hussein's a, a thug and a strong arm, and he's he's oppressing the people, but he's also oppressing the bad guys in in Syria. He, we need someone shitty like Saddam Hussein to oppress these fucking dickhead terrorists because Saddam Hussein is way more cruel than we are. We yeah, sure. can't torture people. I mean, we do we do it anyway, but we can't. We're not supposed to. We have to go by, abide by the Geneva Conventions, mm-hmm. and we have to abide by the United Nations Conventions, and we have to play by the rules. But these dickheads don't. And Saddam Hussein wasn't doing it either. And he was oppressing these fuckheads. And then, and then Dick Cheney said, you take out Saddam Hussein, it's going to create a power vacuum, and it's going to bring in more terrorism into the Middle East. And guess what? That's exactly what fucking happened. Well, sure. So, so ISIS is just uh, the remnants of al-Qaeda and the Taliban and these other terrorist groups. And you take out ISIS, and then what, man? Where does it end? Another, well, I another read, group. I actually read what ISIS wants. Because they didn't know. You think, like, well, what do they want? What, are they, like, what, the, what the hell do they want? What can I give these people to make them stop doing this? Right. What does it say? They don't just want money. Like I understand that. How how much? How much do you want us to write the check for? None of these checks that we write are good anyway. What do you want? Right. Yeah. Do you know what they want? Do you know what ISIS wants? I I I mean, if I listen to just the propaganda and rhetoric, it sounds like they want an Islamic state. Do you? You don't think that's true? I think they do. You think that they do? Okay. Well, I actually researched because I wanted to know. I watched a um, a sixty seconds. All you need to know about ISIS video. Okay. It's like perfect. Cool. So they're running a caliphate. Am I saying that right? Yeah. It's an Islamic state ruled by one leader who is the who's considered the political successor successor, sorry, to Mohammed. Yeah. Uh that's a pretty fucking clear agenda. Yeah. That doesn't have a fix, right? Like it doesn't matter how many, how many casualties, how much collateral damage we cause, if the agenda is a Islamic state. Where the head of the state is a successor to Mohammed, you can't stop that. You don't understand what I'm saying? Like dropping money on it, we're not causing that. That's that's all I'm saying. Like well, if that's their agenda, that is their agenda. We're not causing it, but uh, we're also exacerbating the situation. Well, 
Because, because man, nobody in the Middle East likes ISIS. Uh, uh, the Syrian regime wants to get rid of them. The Saudi regime wants to get rid of them. Iran doesn't like them. Nobody mm-hmm. wants them. Nobody wants to harbor them. It's Nobody wants to even get that stink near them because once they get that stink of state-sponsored terrorism, they know that they're on our watch list and Israel's watch list. They don't want that. They don't want uh, – and Turkey, too. Turkey's, uh, Turkey's one of our allies, yep. and they're playing ball right now. See, I read these solutions. I looked up some how to stop this, and none of them ring true to me. Stop supporting the dictators who fund terrorists. Like, well, okay. Okay, you know. Sure. Stop arming terrorists. Yeah, only buy stocks that go up. Th- thanks. Thanks for the... T- how are we going to stop doing that? Like, b- Well, we're still doing it. We're still doing... There's, there, there's still been uh, reports of, uh, of arms going into Syria to support the rebels. Well, guess what? If the rebels get defeated, those arms are going to fall into the hands of terrorists. Again, yeah, again. So only, only, fund the, only fund the rebels who will win, right? Like, let's pretend we're in Star Wars. Yeah, you know, it happens. It happens. Yeah, but that's exactly what we did to start al-Qaeda, which yeah. is uh, the Mujahideen in Afghanistan. We armed them to fight Russia. They defeated Russia, but then they turned their weapons on us. Yeah. Our As weapons, they our own do. weapons. Stop, they- stop imperial conquests for Arab oil. Okay. Like, okay, well, well, we'll all drive Priuses. Have a, have a fucking great time. Well, th- hold on. That's that's actually a solution, that, uh, Dick, that I think that um, uh, might actually work if we took this $2 trillion and we created initiatives to create clean energy alternatives or any kind of new technology to produce our energy demands to to uh, to – to answer our energy needs with that two trillion dollars, that might actually be uh, a solution if we got out of the Middle East altogether. Here's the only here's the only solution that I read that was uh, that I thought was interesting. Yeah, I think I think all that other shit is totally unrealistic and retarded. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, so radically change radically change culture and lives. Got it. Thanks. Yeah. We'll get right on that. It, right. It seems like a passive solution, if 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 at all, because there are, there are relative times where we don't support these regimes and we don't arm terrorists but they still uh you know find a way to exist this was from uh, the guardian um and it says the author blames it on childhood poverty yeah saying poverty feeds terrorism by eroding a basic human need the need to belong right uh this may seem like an unlikely place to begin a conversation on terrorism but after growing up in one of africa's largest urban slums for most of my life i am certain that nurturing a sense of belonging young people through economic opportunity and the cultivation of communities essential for curbing the spread of terror. Here's, and here's what, here's the interesting part. Um, they say when middle and upper class people, which would be America, right? Right. Ask why someone with no natural inclination towards violence become a terrorist. The answer is usually because they have nothing to use, but what it is to people, uh, it's just, it's what happens every day in these communities spilling over into, uh, into the upper and middle class societies. That's what they're saying. That is, this is just the default behavior, and the way to fix it is to, to bring everybody up. I agree. I absolutely yeah. agree. Because here's the thing, Dick. Um, these, they're essentially like gangs. Gangs in the United States are usually the most impoverished. The, they come from uh, places of poverty. You don't see gangs popping up in affluent neighborhoods. You don't get the Beverly Hills gang. You don't get the Brentwood gang. You don't get the Gangnam gang. No. Gang- Gangnam in uh, South Korea. You know Gangnam style? Is that a rich area? Yeah, it's it's the South Korean Beverly Hills. The Gangnam gang has the word gang right in it. Why don't you have one? Anyway, man, you don't get you don't get gangs from affluent neighborhoods because when people are downtrodden and distraught, you know you ever heard the expression dick um uh no disrespect? People what, like someone says that to you, no disrespect, and then they say something extremely disrespectful 
Uh, yes, I do know. <laughs> yeah, it's like every. It's like when someone says "gentleman," it's like I know you're. Yeah. I know you're about to not treat me like a gentleman. Yeah. Or when someone says, uh, "No offense." Yeah. It's like okay, please, please proceed with the offense. You know, Dick, I believe that Chinese cultures have something in common uh, with with uh, with gang mentality, and that is this concept of losing face. Because mm-hmm. when gang cultures lose face, sometimes if they're already in poverty and they're already poor, that's all they've got. Mm-hmm. They only have their pride. And when you take their pride away, they'll lash out at you. And the same thing I think is happening in the Middle East. I read an essay a long time ago. I think it was in, in The Guardian or Atlantic where they talked about how – uh, the psychology that goes into terrorism are these people who are downtrodden and in poverty, and no one else gives a shit about them. No one's taking them in. So essentially, no. the Middle Eastern version of our American gangs is happening right now, and now yeah. they're getting rifles. They're getting machine guns, and they feel powerful. They feel like they're they're challenging authority. Uh-huh. We are the authority that they're challenging. They're that challenging. is what a machine gun feels like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're challenging. I mean, you're literally these, – these people are becoming armed uh-huh. with machine guns – to go out and kill uh, people that they view as oppressors, the people who they view as the the uh, the aggressors who put them in that situation to begin with. It's well, a really they got something it's a, to fight for. Also, like if ISIS if ISIS's goal is a gigantic Muslim state ruled by a prophet, by descendant of the prophet, then that's a pretty good cause to fight for. If you got nothing, <laughs> you think, oh, I mean, if, you if got you're nothing, sitting there, you got yeah. nothing but a fucking corrugated piece of iron as your roof and a machine gun and somebody drops that on you you're like yeah that's a fucking great idea fuck yeah. this so the hope here is that and this is what I, I would i would like to see more of is a middle eastern solution to this largely middle eastern problem and it's got to be two-pronged and america has to stop exacerbating the situation like by bombing the by doing bombing campaigns and all these missions. Look, man, you kill somebody, you kill a terrorist. That terrorist has a brother. That terrorist has a cousin. That terrorist has parents, or you kill their their parents, whatever. They're gonna come after you. They're going to join the cause that killed them. Look, man, just put yourself in their shoes. If someone bo- uh, dropped a bomb on a suspected American terrorist, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say other other let's say Pakistan I was flying drones. I would post that shit all over Facebook. Are you kidding me? Let's say Pakistan was flying drones over America, like we uh-huh. are there over there, and they accidentally drop a bomb on a wedding and they kill a bunch of innocent people they said oh sorry we thought it was a terrorist cell sorry here's a bunch of money for reparations that's not gonna be good enough no absolutely not and people are gonna be outraged and the relatives of of those people are not gonna rest until they get justice well this is their form of justice it's shitty it's wrong because they're attacking civilians they're attacking innocent people and they don't discriminate but it's uh, it's clear to see that where this problem comes from and what we need to do to stop exacerbating it, and then to get the, the Middle Eastern countries to yeah. try to solve this problem. I don't think it's clear, though. I agree with what you're saying, but I don't think it's the biggest cause. Like, I agree with this idea of a cycle of revenge and violence. I think that's part of it, though. I think poverty, yeah, I think you're right, Dick. Poverty, I think, I is think probably a big part of it. Poverty combined with fanaticism is much more dangerous. I was reading also that... Uh, Osama bin Laden didn't even think that an Islamic state could be established in his lifetime. Yeah. Like, that was the end game, but he was like, oh, there's no way that'll happen. Yeah. And here we go. Yeah. Um, it's a big problem. It's going to yeah, be around a, for a long fucking time. It, uh, it is a big problem. And, uh, it, although I, and it's well, hold so on. annoying because it dominates uh, conversation in America. Well, hold on, Dick. I think that uh, the start of your problem, you said something that— you were saying that it's it's uh, you were saying it's I don't think it's as big of a problem as we're making it to be because it's on our it's on our horizon it's on our uh, radars because we're hearing about it all the time but like we like we said 
It's 90,000 terrorist incidents. That's only deaths, though. It's $2 trillion. Put that in dollars, not deaths. But that do- those dollars are for the wards that, that we've... Uh, we've those those war campaigns that we've we've been part and of. Those the war are on terrorism. Terrorism. That's yeah. never gonna end. Yeah. That shit is never gonna end. Uh, it, I mean, it can. It you can. know what we gotta do? Hmm. We gotta send Bernie Sanders to the Middle East and have him distribute all that oil money yeah. to everybody. Right? That'll help. Then everybody will be rich. Yeah, man. I mean, the, to even un, start to unravel the Middle Eastern politics and the corruption that goes on there, and uh, you know, the Saudi oil money mm-hmm. and. The um the princes in Dubai and Jordan and all these like the Emirates and all uh, uh what's the other one Bahrain yeah um Qatar yeah Qatar actually the I think the king of uh Qatar is a badass was that the, who oh, no it's the he? king of Jordan the king uh, I oh think yeah king, yeah, yeah you're king, right. He's king cool. Abdullah of Jordan like I think personally flew a jet campaign to bomb an ISIS target yeah. which is pretty it's fucking, fucking cool. badass yeah. you know Bush did his morale boost by fly, by landing a jet on an aircraft carrier yeah. King Abdullah dropped a fucking bomb on a terrorist yeah. that's pretty fucking ballsy pretty cool let's especially see, for let's a Middle see Eastern that, Trump well this is this is my this is why I say it's such a big problem because it's even the quagmire of dissecting it is impossible I don't think it's impossible I think it's complex well situation. you couldn't do it I mean then who's who's gonna do it then you couldn't do it in, in uh, 20 seconds. That's it. That's all we got. You're I the told, best hope we got. I told you, drop bombs of money on them, man. Drop, <laughs> just drop bags of money. For real, drop bags of money. Let these fuckers, like, k- kill them with it. And then, you know, also, instant reparations. Boom. Yeah. Just uh. fucking gold. Fort Knox, what are we doing at Fort Knox? It's a bunch of bullshit. Look, man, Russia had a gold, uh, a gold reserve that just got robbed. Uh, I don't know how many billions of dollars, like $4 billion worth of gold got robbed from Russia. Put that shit in, in missiles. Drop it on the fucking terror. Let them have a fucking, hey, hey, hey like, give them a Cadillac. You put a Cadillac, you put Cadillac keys in a terrorist hand. Uh-huh. I'll show you an ear-to-ear smile, buddy. They'll be grinning like motherfuckers. They'll, They're not going to bomb anyone. They'll just I put some think. fucked up looking rims on yeah, it. What, yeah, what happens when poor people win the lottery? They blow it immediately. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah. See, your plan is fucked. You need we to could create, give them plutonium. That's worth a lot, right? You, they you, could resell that. You need, to, <laughs> you, need to create, you need to create an industry over there, I think. I mean, I mean it's not our job to, to nation build. And by the way, we are not good at nation building. I think that uh, most, most instances where we have tried nation building since World War II have been absolute and utter failures. Iraq is, is uh, the primest example. Uh, uh, Afghanistan is another prime example. There's so many times where we've tried nation building that doesn't work. Um, but yeah, man, this, this problem, I think— We gave it a shot, though. What? Nation building? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Great. Had a shot. There you go. <laughs> Slap dick nation builders. Yeah, so we're shitty nation builders. We're shitty nation builders, Dick. Uh, we're not we're not supposed to we need to get out of that business. And uh, yeah, if there's You think economy, terrorism is a big problem though, right? No. You don't think it's a big problem? No. Not not compared to two uh, trillion dollars we're spending? The Patriot yeah, Act? Yeah, you know, well. This is a natural reaction to it. This no, is a natural no, reaction to fear. That's a shitty conservative reaction to it. The Patriot Maddox, Act. This is a reaction to fear. This, uh, as, of course, it's bad, but this was the reaction. Yeah, but also you need to have a measured response to it, and it's not the the response is not measured here. Two trillion dollars to solve a problem that's really costing us one hundred thirty thousand lives per year. Let's not say, us; those are other lives. Okay, those are not our lives. Well, I mean, there are troops. There, there, uh, um, there, there, there are people who live in those countries. Like, look, man, the the damage that this is causing, it's bad. It's a bad problem. But like we just said, Dick, that. You know, because video, video game stories are on my agenda, they're on my horizon. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem to me. 
but it's not a big problem in the grand scale of things. Why don't you start a foundation now that you've had this happen to you? You It'll be the Fuck You, Sean Foundation. How about that? FYS. Donate now, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll start my website, the Power to uh, Power to Play website. All right, I, I think I'm done with terrorism. I don't think I have anything else for it. I'm done with terrorism too. Fuck terrorism. <laughs> um, yeah, Dick. Uh, it, uh, here's one. Here's one other thing. Um, just add on the terrorist note. Uh-huh. Um, thankfully, this is not uh, uh, this is not the majority of the Middle East. Like you know, this this uh, this is a big problem. Uh, on, in, in terms of geopolitical uh, geopolitical events, geopolit- geopolitics, right? But uh, the majority of Saudi Arabia doesn't have to worry about terrorism. The majority of Iran, uh, Qatar, and uh, Kuwait these aren't these aren't countries that are actively dealing with you know hundreds and thousands of terrorist deaths or terrorist incidents. I uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, there's not more of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a minority still. Still, thankfully, relatively speaking, it's still the one percent of the population, the the Islamic population, that's doing this. Oh, this is a PC Islam thing that you're doing. Okay. It's not. It's. I mean, you can call it PC if you want, but it's the truth. It doesn't change the truth of what I said. Nope. Find me a survey of, of people who support it. Uh, the the uh, terrorism. Yeah. In, in, and find, it, find me I a sur- did. Find I me have. a survey that says. Yeah, um, I have uh, populations of those countries who support terrorist acts, and it says one percent or less. Because yeah. I bet you're going to find that it's a lot higher than one percent who support no, terrorist acts. No, it's not. I've actually looked mm. into this, Dick. I've actually looked into this, and outside it. of outside of every single country except, I think at the time it was Iraq. Um, th- those people surveyed were absolutely opposed to terrorism. They o- across the board, way less than one, like uh, way less than five percent in most of those countries. Um, but I mean, you pull anyone, you're going to see an anomaly. You wait pull minute, any any population. I think I actually brought this fucking study in. Good. Hold on, and it's higher than that. Uh, Jordan, seventy-two percent of Jordanians backed terror attacks against U.S. troops in Iraq as of two thousand nine. Does that sound right? No. That doesn't sound right. Uh, that's what this. What's shit the source? Said. I'm looking for it. I got my notes all mixed up, though. I threw them in a fit. Oh, it's from Breitbart. <laughs> Breitbart. Great. You have a problem with them too? <laughs> that's 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 Breitbart. 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 Yeah, Breitbart. From Breitbart. You got a problem with them too? Yeah. Might as well be Newsmax, Dick. Might as well be uh, uh what's her name? Uh, Andrew dude. Breitbart was a very very conservative political pundit. Yeah. Uh, he, all right. We'll find died. a fucking Pew study then. I don't know. I there's there's a BBC study that I found and I looked at it and almost every single country except for one I I believe it was Iraq at the time and it was right after the invasion the shock and awe campaign mm-hmm. that uh, there was a little bit of support for it because they they. They viewed us as aggressors, but most countries in the Middle East absolutely do not do not stand for terrorism because they're the ones who are mostly suffering. These casualties you said, Dick, one hundred thirty thousand deaths. Those yeah. are mostly Middle Eastern. Those I know, are mostly. I read that. Those are uh, mostly uh, Shias versus uh, what? What are the other one? The Baths? Sunnis. The Sunnis. Yeah, Shias and Sunnis blowing each other up over uh, ancient disputes, and they're blowing up mosques and they're hurting each other. They don't want this any more than we want gangs. We have to know about all these names because of terrorism. Right. Well, or right. just for the right. lack of ignorance. Right, most of us. Yeah. All right. That's my problem, terrorism. Well, good problem, Dick. Um, I think that vi- uh, stories in video games are a bigger problem. Well, yeah. But uh, we'll see. They're taking your time hostage. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you can't. Look, I, if I'm tired of a terrorist story, I can turn it off on the news. I can't skip a story in a video game. Uh, you can turn it off for now. What? The terrorist yeah. <laughs> story? Plug my ears, buddy. Yeah. Can't do that with a video game. It's too loud. <laughs> 
All right, Dick. My problem this week is ham-fisted video game stories. My problem is terrorism. See you next Tuesday. Hey, guys. Here's the problem is the artificial scarcity of pretzel buns. They're the best buns. <laughs> Every restaurant will true. have like some sort of pretzel burger, but only for like one week, and it's gone. And I just had two pretzel sandwiches that my mom made for me, and they were delicious. I have not enjoyed a ham sandwich for 10 years. I haven't enjoyed a ham sandwich. I finally did because of the power of the pretzel bun. Yeah, he's right. And, uh. and at the store, they're like a limited edition thing. Like, we have to enjoy them while they last. Why is this? Why does bread have to be flaky, sloppy, gloopy, basically hardened air like all bread is? Why can't we enjoy pretzel buns? Why is the only kind of pretzel we can have is just regular pretzels, which you can't do anything with? All you can do is just eat it yeah. or dip it in yeah. cheese. You can't do anything with it. It's completely ridiculous. You know, I'm usually in favor of capitalism, but you know, if it takes a couple of government interventions, national policies, oh my higher tax rates, colonialist invasions, whatever it takes for, uh, it takes. for pretzel buns to be common, let's do it. Big problem. I love a phrase that starts with, I'm usually in favor of capitalism. And then, <laughs> and then his big problem with normal pretzels is that you can only dip them in cheese, and he calls them completely ridiculous. They are completely oh, He's dead right, though. There is an artificial scarcity of pretzel buns. Every single bun should be a pretzel bun. I don't have, right? a, problem. I don't have a problem with a single word he said. No, me either. <laughs> pretzel buns are okay. They're a little too chewy on the outside. If you have a oh, really soft... what? Okay, have you ever had a pulled barbecue sandwich in a pretzel bun, buddy. No, but now I really want one. Well, you think you do because on paper it sounds good, right? You don't have yeah. to stop eating other bread. Yeah, but, well, Sean. Yeah, you can eat, what do you eat? Some kind of croissant, something real soft for your precious roof of your mouth. What do you got going on? No, dickhead. <laughs> what I eat is the bread that's that's right for the sandwich. Dick, just like you had a problem with fireball whiskey a long time ago because you thought it would infect other whiskeys. And, and, it, it, did. and, it, did. and it did. And it did. I was, was right. You were right. Thank I God. was right. I'm glad it did. That's fucking awesome because I love cinnamon. But just like it infected other whiskeys, if pretzel buns became too common, they would infect other breads. And next thing you know, you got a barbecue shop on the side of the road that Good. has pretzel a bun, uh, pulled pork sandwiches that you bite into and the bread's too chewy so all the meat squirts out in your girlfriend's face. <laughs> I can lick it off. It sounds awesome. <laughs> you know, it's pretty sad that there's three people in the room that were able to open up about their sexual experiences and then there's Maddox. <laughs> Maddox, Sean barely said a word this episode and yet he came off more as a love guru than you even did. I think it's time you just try to not speak about sex anymore and just go back to playing Smash Brothers. <laughs> anyway, Dick, keep up the good work. Max, shut the fuck up. Oh, that's rude. You know, fuck that guy. He cited zero examples of what he was talking about. How did Sean come off? To. How did Sean come off as more of a sex expert? Look at him. Probably by my silence. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a sound. Uh, this, uh, the silence is deafening because that's also the sound that a virgin makes. <laughs> <laughs> I got a game. I got a game I want to play with you for okay. next episode. All right. I got. I'm, I'm going to bring in a game. I'm going to win it. <laughs> no, I think it'll be a fun game. Though. All right. Good.